Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Jeff Griffin. I'm super excited to speak with today's podcast guest, Maya Levinell. Maya was a finalist in the 2006 Regional Initiative Award in the SA Young Achiever Awards. And I still remember Maya's beaming smile as she was presented on stage. Maya was more recently shortlisted as the Australian Romance Readers Association 2019 Favourite Australian Romance Author. And her debut novel, Wildflower Ridge, was shortlisted for two national awards. She's a country girl and she's proud of it. Welcome to the podcast, Maya. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's lovely to be here chatting with you today. Yeah, it's really, it takes me back um, as we talked before the interview started about uh, 2006. It was a while ago, but I really remember how passionate and vibrant you were and that smile has resonated and I remembered that uh, ever since. So in that alone, you've inspired me, which is fantastic. Clearly, you're an extraordinary young woman and clearly very talented. And I believe, as I say from memory, you were nominated for being an inspirational role model. What do you think the judges saw in you and what were, the, what were you involved with way back in 2006 that you think awarded you a top three finalist position? Thank you, Jeff. It is really interesting, isn't it, to cast our mind back that far. It seems like a lifetime ago. That was pre-children, pre-moving to Victoria, pre-becoming an author. So way back in 2006, I was working as a cadet journalist at the Southeastern Times newspaper in Millicent. And I figured to myself, look, I've got my lunch break free. What will I do with myself? I could sit and eat my sandwich. I could sit and read a book or I could go get out and do something in the community. So two of my lunch times, I would spend one at the local high school, Millicent High, uh, mentoring a young teenager who was at the time deemed at risk. And then in another day, I would go to the primary school and work with a student who was not so engaged, but teachers could see she had potential, but she just wasn't reaching it. So I spent two days a week, one with a high school kid, one with a primary school kid, um, doing this fantastic mentoring role, which I really enjoyed. And it was lovely to be able to, you know, give back to the community. Uh, I was also involved in the community radio station, which was called 5DFM. It's a, a tiny a tiny little organisation and they were looking for volunteers and I thought, well, you know what, I'm not doing much on a Friday night. I'll stick my hand up and host a radio show. So for a couple of years there, I was hosting a show called Boots and All, which was a modern country music show. And, you know, as well as getting to play some of my favourite music, I had the opportunity to interview different country music artists and meet with them, like Lee Kernighan, Troy Casadaly, Adam Brand, and, um, you know, get to go to different shows with my media pass. So, so that was a bit of a bonus for me. Uh, I was also involved in the Norley Yolong um, Youth Camp at Rendlesham. And that was a high ropes outdoor education facility that, as well as targeting at-risk youth, they also um, took school groups through. They took um, adult leadership, you know, workplace bonding type of teams through. So I was on the board of that for quite a few years as well. And, and that was a really lovely initiative. And to see it grow and the different funding that it received um, to make it a better place was wonderful. Um, 
I also was lucky enough to be named as the Wattle Range Council Young Citizen of the Year back in, I think it was 2005 or 2006. Uh, so that was really wonderful to have the community, you know, kind of gather around. And as a young cadet journalist, I just got out there and did my job and, and had a great time reporting on the people and the different characters that we had in our community. So, you know, it was a really rewarding, fulfilling career getting out and about it. And I just loved it. So I would. I'd walk around with my camera around my neck, my notepad in my hand and a big smile on my face because, you know, I felt like it was pretty good living um, and it was. And then I was also very fortunate to be short, shortlisted and then I ended up winning a National Youth Week competition. So I just scraped in on the youth side of things. I think the cutoff was 25 and I was 24 or, or something very similar to that. Um, and I'd written a story. It was supposed to be fiction and I thought, well, I write every day facts for the newspaper. I'm sure I can come up with something fictional. But what I ended up doing was mining my own experience of um, scraping up cow poo from a friend's dairy, the laneway, and we sold it on the side of the road when I was 12. That was a huge, big fundraising initiative my best friend and I did. We raised over $300 each over the series of six months or so, um, selling $1 bags of cow poo to anyone who'd go past and stop at our little highway stall. And that was the money that um, I wanted to go to New Zealand on a, on a holiday to go visit my grandparents. So, you know, it was a little bit innovative and entrepreneurial from a young age. Um, and then, you know, it paid dividends back when, you know, when I was in my 20s because I wrote this story about it, called it fiction, entered in the competition and, and managed to win this fantastic prize. So, you know, that was, I guess, the start of my career and writing writing about things that I loved and being able to represent rural Australia in a way that, you know, maybe these are stories that hadn't been told before. So it was a lovely, a lovely time of my life. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it's just amazing. And clearly you wanted to give back, to make a difference, to share, I guess, your enthusiasm, happiness with life and to hear all those things. No wonder you've made the finals. That's awesome. And looking back, and of course the memory fades, but, yeah, what an amazing thing you did for your local community and it's so important that people show compassion and kindness and, and give where you can like you did with those young people at the schools and as a young cadet, but also um, in much more broader voluntary capacity. And as you said, the entrepreneurial flair was there right from the beginning that is very innovative. And I do hope, I did have a, have a thought, I wonder if um, Maya had given us lots of good plugs through the Southeastern Times when you were a cadet. I better go back and check. Thank you, Do you think making the finals helped you personally and also your career? Absolutely, Jeff. I um, was so very proud in my family and my workplace and, and the community was really proud to see, you know, someone getting out there, having a crack and then being rewarded and recognised on, on a much larger scale. It was just wonderful. So for me, um, going forward, I was able to put that on my resume. I was able to talk about that and I think that was the start of, you know, my first foray of being on the other side of the camera, being interviewed about, you know, this wonderful award and, and what the initiative meant to me. But I think it just, you know, cemented the fact that 
someone's got to apply for these different awards and and if you don't sometimes it can feel a little bit cringeworthy to blow your own horn but um if, if you don't get out there and stick your, your head out and, and have a go then you know those opportunities fall to the wayside so I think for me it was a really good lesson in going after the things that you wanted and and not being too scared to be you know put your hand up and say look I'm, I'm really having a go here and and I think it's going okay absolutely uh, perfectly said and it's validation you know when you are nominated or when you reach the semi-finals or a finals it's validation for your work which is really wonderful as well and we shouldn't be afraid of failure most successful people have failed over and over and i'm sure and we'll get to your book shortly but you know you probably wrote and rewrote sections of your book over and over nothing happens perfectly for many people anyway uh very often so don't be afraid to have a go and not win or not be successful at a job offer or whatever it is just have a go be proud people and i digress but people often say to me may traveling around the country with these awards what's something in common that most of these young achievers have and i would say it's not having that fear of failure having a go not being afraid of not being successful we are, we learn as we go to fail because people tell us we're going to you won't be able to do that. That won't work. Well, that's not right. You hear it over and over and you're actually ingrained with that fear of failing. So, you know, all power to you to having go right from that beginning, particularly with the cowpo. That's, you know, it's pretty impressive because the smell alone would put anybody off. But, <laughs> you saw a need, you went after it and you achieved the goal. So well done to you and thank you for your kind words about um you know, how the awards have, have helped you. Since then, of course, a lot's changed. What precipitated the change from newspaper cadet journalist to author? Yeah, so there was a few steps in between. When I finished up at the newspaper, I, I took a job in local government and um, I found that was great. I moved across to Victoria to be with my partner, who's now my husband. Uh, and I quite enjoyed that time in local government. I did a little bit of work in economic development and then uh, kind of sidestepped into the media and communications role, which um, wasn't available when I'd first taken the job, but luckily that popped up pretty quickly. So that was a lovely little sidestep. And then I put that down when I had my first child and I took, uh, I took my responsibilities as a stay-at-home mum really seriously and I really wanted to see what I could do to to give my kids the best shot so for me that looked like you know lots of baking with them lots of reading to them you know being with them day in day out I did a couple of little contract jobs for um, a local uh, public relations firm which was more writing and copy editing and things like that so so that was good just to keep my hand in the game and then we decided to build a house ourselves and I'm not talking just a little bit of a project. This is a huge project where we made our own bricks and all. So it was a it was a big gamble. We hadn't built, we'd renovated a house previously, but we hadn't done this whole form of making your own bricks. But uh, in 2014, we bought a rural property in uh, on the coast, southwest Victoria, and thought, well, this is what we're going to have a crack at next. And so 1,748 uh, bricks later, 
We have a two-storey house that we you know, built from the ground. It was just a bare cow paddock when we bought the property. Um, and then I could just see the, um, the horizon there. I could see that, you know, eventually my youngest child would be at school and we'd be finished building the house and I needed to do something else in the workforce and what was it going to be? So I thought, well, I could do home economics because I really enjoy baking, I enjoy sewing, but then I don't have the patience necessarily to deal with teenagers day in, day out. So I shelved that idea and I decided that um, I'd have a look at creative writing because, you know, I, I've always loved writing. I always dreamed of being a published author, but I didn't know anyone who'd actually written a book before. So I thought it was one of those pipe dreams that people say, one day I'll write a book and never do it. So I thought the best way to go about this is to research it. So I researched the heck out of it. Um, listen to a lot of podcasts just like this one, talking about inspiring people who've followed their dreams, um, authors that have taken those steps to, um, you know, build their first draft and how they went about pitching it to publishers and editing it. So I followed those different steps and by the time we finished building the house, I had a finished manuscript and I was pretty much ready to to set the world on fire with rural romance. And, and luckily for me, Jeff, it's gone really well and I've been uh, very fortunate to be picked up by Alan and Unwin right off the bat pretty much. It was I finished the manuscript in March and I had a publishing contract in June. So very fortunate for me that um, all those stars aligned and, and what I was writing seemed to fit perfectly with what Alan Unwin was looking for. Absolutely brilliant. So inspiring. I just uh, sitting here listening and taking every word you're saying. It's such a wonderful, wonderful story and it does sound very much to me like everything you do, you put your heart and your soul into it. And it made me think, you know, that is the real secret to success in my opinion. Work hard, have a go. You know, there is that balance, of course, and there always needs to be. And I heard a saying once that I've never forgotten, uh, gee, I am lucky. The harder I work, the luckier I get. You know, when you hear people say, oh, gee, you're lucky. Um, and luck comes down to hard work, research, planning, thinking things through, of course, uh, and being objective about what you do, but really just getting in there and having a go. So all power to you, Maya. I think that really is extraordinary for me to be able to plan and sit and think about storyline and then actually achieve it is is just extraordinary and i'm absolutely in awe of you now your two books wildflower ridge and bottle brush creek have been super successful what can readers expect when they pick up the books yeah jeff i've been um really delighted with the feedback for um both of my novels and and they're both rural romance so you know you're going to have um, a rural setting. So the first uh, novel, Wildflower Ridge, I've set in the Grampians uh, because we, you know, lived quite close to the Grampians for quite a few years. And it's such a beautiful spot and that lovely mountain line of blue mountains against the horizon is something that you never forget. If you've looked at it from your back deck or from your kitchen window, it kind of sticks with you as a very picturesque place. So I thought, well, why not set a book there? And then for the second book, I had a little bit focused in um, the Grampians as well, but then I picked up my main character and I moved her down to the coast, to southwest Victoria, close to where we live. And it's on the tail edge of the Great Ocean Road, really beautiful spot, lots of dairy farms, lots of beautiful lush green um, land around here. So I thought, well, 
you know, I'll set it there. And, and that's been wonderful as well. The feedback from readers who live locally or have been to this region um, have just loved seeing, you know, their local towns, different place settings um, mentioned in the novel, which is great. Uh, so if they pick up my book, they'll find a lot about uh, family dynamics. Um, there's a lot of humour in the books. There's a lot of baking. There's gardening. I love dahlias. So I've really popped in um, a little dahlia theme through that book as well, the, the most recent Bottle Brush Creek. Um, there's a lot of country living and advocating for country living as well. And you, your beautiful tip about um, working hard, that resonates with me too, Jeff, because I, I remember reading the saying, hard work puts you where luck can find you. And I think that just absolutely hits the nail on the head because you're right, you do. There's a lot of hard work involved behind the scenes for someone who's super lucky and, and gets that break without even trying. There's, there's all those different factors that go into it beforehand. So, so I really, I really like that uh, thought. Um, and one of the things that people talk about um, when they leave reviews for my book is they love the authenticity of it, the fact that I've always lived in small country areas. And so for me, it's as natural as breathing is to talk about a scene where the flock of galahs go straight past or I'm, I'm looking over my computer as I'm speaking to you now and I can see lambs walking across our paddocks. Um, and I know that come 3 o'clock there's going to be a raucous noise coming out um, that I'll be able to hear from my office because I'll be ready for their bottle. It's um, these little things that I can just thread through about small communities, the good side, the bad side, the really wonderful side that keeps you returning to these beautiful country areas again and again. So people say it's an escape to the country and, and I think that really hits it perfectly. Sounds like there's a lot of realness to your, to your novels that people will be able to engage and really feel a part of it as if it's real because it is. And I was going to ask the question, are there, are there any of the people in your books that modelled on real-life people that you know? It sounds like you've done that with a lot of the locations and scenery. I do, Jeff. I do. I kind of take a little wisp of inspiration from, from people that I've met or people that I know, and I kind of um, wrap it up together with a big dose of what if. So I think, okay, well, if Joe blogs over the road, you know, over eager grandmother, what would happen if she took it too far? And in Bottle Rush Creek, there's a lovely storyline where there's a lot of conflict between the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law and the fixer, the fixer up a cottage that they go to renovate um, just happens to be right next door to the dairy farm that um, Angie's in-laws live on so there's a lot of fun playing with the dynamics there and my neighbor who's very lovely she's got grandchildren she said to me Maya after I'd read it I wondered whether that was me in the story the over-eager grandmother I said no no of course not Heather that my characters are completely fictional and for that particular character it's just an amalgamation of all the very over-eager wonderful grandmothers in the world that I've ever met so I'm just kind of rolling you know plucked little bits from here from there and rolled it all into one to create uh, an interesting little plot line there. And I seem to, you know, I find that quite easy to do, to pick up little bits of real people, real scenarios, and just transforming them into something completely fictional. It's a, it's a lovely thing to be able to do. Absolutely love it. Sounds perfect. And the books, of course, have hit uh, multiple bestseller lists and the better reading top 100. You know, tell us a little bit about that and what it means to you. 
So yes, Jeff, the better reading top 100 was a huge coup. As a debut author, that's one of those lists that you dream of getting onto. Um, and then for the books to make the best-selling charts as well, the top romance charts uh, that came out in the weekend, Australian last weekend, it made number four there. So we've got Nora Roberts, we've got Danielle Steele, and then we've got Maya. So oh, it's one of those things that you kind of go, is this for real? Do I need to pitch myself? Because <laughs> I never dreamed when I was reading Danielle Steele and Nora Roberts back when I was in high school that I would ever be on a list with them. So it's one of those very affirming moments where you know that um, you must be doing something right. So to, to make that list and then I was also very fortunate to be um, on the June bestseller lists for both of my books, for um, last June with Wildflower Ridge and this June for Bottle Brush Creek as a top selling in the top 10 Australian books for the month. So those type of wins are very, very rewarding and, and you're so humbled to know that people... Um, are liking your books, they're recommending it to friends, they're telling their mum to go buy it for their sister-in-law or whatnot. It's it's really, really a lovely feeling. I, I also have um, moments that I feel um, that are the, the, the smaller moments that aren't necessarily recognised, but I'll get these beautiful emails and messages and um, messages on Facebook and Instagram as well from people who have picked up the book and loved it, you know, they don't know me from a bar of soap, but they've taken the time to write to me to tell me what they loved about it. And if I can just share this one lovely quote from a lady in Queensland, she said, Maya, Bottle Rush Creek really helped me while I was going through radiation for breast cancer. Your book kept me feeling good and happy for all those days I was feeling sad, scared and unhappy with my body. Keep writing your beautiful books and spreading your happiness. And that just nearly made me tear up to read that my stories that are completely coming out of my head um, have such an impact on people and that ability to take them away from something that's really hard to deal with in their life. It's um, it's really touching and it's probably the unexpected bonus that I never realised I'd get from being a published author. Oh, that's so beautiful. I know Annette gets the odd person ringing or emailing saying, I listened to the podcast, it was so inspiring. And there it is, it's really rewarding to know that you can make a difference. You're clearly doing that. And use Flash people, we're talking with a megastar and uh, how much for an autograph, Maya, that's what I need to know, you know, before they become more expensive. I think we need to get in and get one of those uh, autographs real quick. <laughs> in all seriousness, it's um, absolutely brilliant and it's, must be very validating and encouraging that your name is up there with those immortals, in a sense, in, in the book world. So well done to you. It's, it's absolutely extraordinary. And being such an extraordinary achiever, would you encourage our listeners to nominate someone or, or, or to nominate themselves for an award? Absolutely, Jeff. I think it's one of the best things that you can do for someone if you see them doing well and you know there's a lot of people that are very humble and would never put their hand up for anything. So I think that's the perfect push um, for other people to nominate people that they see doing well that might not necessarily nominate themselves. But I also think there's nothing wrong with putting forward yourself for this type of award because there are such a range. There's there's all the different varieties that you guys have got. There's the youth, there's the community involvement, there's all these great options and there's so many people that would fit into these categories beautifully that should give it a shot because it is. It's definitely something that you can put on your resume 
Um, if you've got if you've got a business that um, it's a wonderful thing to be able to um, endorse a business is, is for it to have an award like that behind it or even just making the finals or the semi-finals. It's wonderful. So I certainly don't hesitate to recommend um, these different type of things and you never know where it can take you, what little spin-off might happen because you put your hand up or nominated someone else for an award. Highly recommend. Yeah, and uh, if you nominate someone, the karma pays forward because you feel really good about yourself as well as the person you're nominating feeling really great that you've nominated them too. And, of course, as you said, Mae, by putting yourself forward, no one knows better what you're doing than you do. So someone else may do you a disservice. So don't be afraid to tell your story. The benefit of that also is, of course, you're putting yourself out there so others can find out what you're doing, have access to the services, the stories in your case, Whatever it may be, you're opening up to tell others about what's on offer that you have to give. Now, Maya, what's something on a little different tag that we might might not know about you? Well, I'm a little bit of an open book. I do um, tell exactly what I'm feeling and thinking um, and I take so many photographs for my author platform on Instagram and Facebook. So if anyone has a sneak peek there, they'll pretty quickly realise that I love a bit of sewing, love gardening. Um, I've got a soft spot for roses and I'd much rather buy, you know, 10 rose bushes than a pair of new shoes any day of the week. Um, I'm pretty keen to hoard animals. I'm encouraging my husband to get some more piglets. We've raised a few batches of pigs now. Um, So I'm working on him for that one. I also have blocks of chocolate hidden all across the house. So I've got, you know, my pyjama drawer in the top drawer of my desk. Even in the bread maker, which is in the laundry, I'll often put a little uh, block in there. So there's a couple of little things. Uh, and baking, I do love baking as well. So I really sprinkle a lot of cooking and baking and, you know, those special recipe books that have got handwritten notes in the margin where, you know, you made this one for the show or you made this one for someone's birthday. Little notes saying which recipes are good or not. I love those. I think those are really special. What comes across to me, Maya, is that... Uh you're an ordinary person, but you are doing extraordinary things. And that's the message for everybody. People who are extraordinary, like May and Mel, are just ordinary people with ordinary loves, ordinary interests that go that extra mile, work hard to achieve their goals. And we are all able to do that if we work hard. So thank you for sharing a little bit about you. I think that was just wonderful to hear. I was just so touched. And a word that comes out of your mouth, Maya, a number of times is love. You love to do stuff. You love to make a difference. You love to help people. You love what you do. Uh, And that uh, is really a great message for everybody, I think. So thank you for, for inspiring us with those personal bits that we may and we didn't know about you. There must be times, though, when you feel a little low. How do you lift your spirits? Yeah, Jeff, I think there's, uh, in the publishing industry, there's definitely peaks and troughs. So I'll send off the manuscript to my publisher and I have to wait three months before I hear what she thinks about it. So you've got, you know, I'll spend a year writing that book and then all of a sudden I've got three months to find out whether it's complete rubbish and I have to write a new one and I'd better hurry up really quickly and get that done. 
or whether it's going to be okay. There's also, um, you know, a very busy period around the promotion of a new book. So anytime a new book comes out, there's wonderful opportunities to talk about your book, whether it's author events, whether it's um, radio interviews, newspaper interviews, fantastic podcasts like your own. Um, and that can be quite consuming um, in a great way because, you know, you have this fantastic product that you're so proud of, um, but it can take its toll. And I think the best thing that I can do is try and make sure that, you know, I do balance out the frenetic energy of, you know, trying to do my best every day and make sure that I'm giving my best, uh, you know, putting my best foot forward and giving my book the best shot it's got at finding new readers. But I need to pull away and do things like jigsaw puzzles and sit down and try and sew things. Um, skirts and aprons are much nicer to make than COVID masks, but given the time we're in at the moment, that's the type of sewing I'm doing. Um, I also love a bit of online yoga. So there's a wonderful um, YouTuber called Adrienne and she has a, a channel called Yoga with Adrienne and it's free. There's all sorts of different lengths of videos. So you can do, this morning I did a 25-minute session and some of them have got labels. Some of them are yoga for writers. So if you've got a really sore neck or yoga for runners, but some of them are uplift yoga or start your day on the right track yoga. So there's, there's things like that that I think are really important to get that, get that grounding, get that mental health um, flow happening. And good walks along the beach. We, we're really lucky down the bottom of our paddock. We kind of go from our chook house past the old dairy over the sand dune and we're at the beach. So it's a pretty nice place to live here along the coast. And I, I do take advantage of that beautiful beach. There's not normally anyone on it. It's very secluded. And, you know, you've got a lot of time to think over plot problems, think about the different things that are, you know, waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning and just look at the ocean and think, well, that's there forever, you know. These things will pass, COVID will pass, um, and it's a really good way to recharge. Really helpful hints, Maya. I, I love that. There are a number of different things that you can choose to do that may help you at different times. So that's awesome. And, of course, if any of our listeners are really struggling mentally, it is a tough time with COVID-19, particularly in Victoria. I really encourage our listeners to contact Lifeline if you are if you don't have someone that you can talk to, if you don't have somewhere where you can walk or things that you feel you can do that will help you in times of doubt or darkness, call Lifeline on 13114. And I know our good friend Ray Ellis, CEO of First National Real Estate, would agree as they're fantastic supporters of Lifeline as well as our program, The Young Achievers Nationally. We all need support sometimes, so please don't be afraid to call Lifeline if you need. They're there to help, not judge. So, but really appreciate your words of wisdom there, Mayor, and how you go about alleviating some of that doubt, which there must be, as you referred to, when you're waiting for the publisher, three months must go very long sometimes. Uh, it's more like, sounds like, or seems like three years so what's next for Mayo and Elle? Well, Jeff, I have uh, just sent that manuscript off to the publisher. So I've, that's my 2021 book, which I'm contracted for. Um, so that'll be the third book in the series. And, and I say series quite loosely because you can read any of my books out of order and it won't matter. 
But um, for those who've already read the first story, Wildflower Ridge, and the second story, Bottle Brush Creek, they will get a bit of an insight into a different sister, um, one of the McIntyre girls, it's Lara, and she's working to the fight for her community general store. So she's really, you know, in the, in the throes of trying to save her local community. So that's a lovely story. That'll be out next winter. Um, and then I've also got to start work on the fourth book. So that'll be coming out hopefully in 2022. Wow. So you are a busy person for sure. Sounds pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to reading about whether the general store gets saved or not, whether uh, she is able to achieve her goal. So it is really impressive what you do and you're clearly, as we've said a few times now, an extraordinary young person. Do you have any words of wisdom or additional words of wisdom for our listeners or something that you'd like to leave them with? Is there just one thing that works for you that you'd like to leave people with? I think always keep trying and keep looking for different opportunities to um, to do what you love. I'm really lucky to be um, advocating for country living and, and telling the stories of rural Australia. And I think that had I just, you know, gone back to journalism and doing exactly what I knew, then I wouldn't necessarily have the chance to be in the position of being a published author. So I think, you know, keep searching, keep looking for something that can really take you towards doing what you love. Yeah. Be smart, but be brave. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, have a go. You'll never get there unless you give it a go and try. Don't die wondering. No, that's right. Well, if you never, never go, you'll never, never know. That's exactly right. Maya, where can our listeners connect with you online or get a copy of your books? Yes, Jeff. My, um, both of my books are available in ebook, paperback, an audio book from any good bookstore. So independent bookstores like Collins or Dimmix uh, will have it in stock. Um, right at the start of when the book came out, it was in Kmart, Target, Big W as well. But those type of stores um, don't generally restock. Once they sell them out, they go, well, we're done, on to the next book. So if you're after it, you can also find a copy at your local library. And authors love libraries because, um, you know, there's a tiny bit of revenue that an author gets every time someone borrows their book or every time a library purchases their book. So, you know, don't ever be afraid to um, that you're not supporting authors by borrowing from the library because we love libraries. So, you know, I've got a website. It's mayalanelle.com. Uh, I put out a newsletter every month and it's usually got a book giveaway. So um, that's always something to look out for if you'd like a free book. And then there's uh, my Instagram and my Facebook, which is maya.linnell.write. And, and I love hearing from people and uh, seeing what they're reading and how they're going about their, their general life. So it's um, a really nice way to connect. Absolutely brilliant. So that's M-A-Y-A, Maya Linnell, L-I-N-N-E-L-L, for those who are Google searching you or do you have uh, LinkedIn? Are you a LinkedIner? I do have LinkedIn, Jeff, but I've not utilised it to its full extent. So I think I set it up a couple of years ago and haven't done too much on it since. It's one of those um, ones that I'm not sure exactly how to go about it. So, yes, I might need to up my game on that one. Uh, you're not the only one that is in that boat, let me just say. <laughs> May it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the podcast today. You're a true champion. You are an inspiration. You are Maya Linnell, who is extraordinary. Our podcast is about every 
everyday people just like you, May, are doing extraordinary things. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you very much, Jeff, for having me and Annette for being the tech support behind the uh, behind the microphone. There, it's uh, it's really nice to be able to talk about um, you know achieving and, and striving to achieve your goals. So thanks very much to Awards Australia for having me on the podcast, and also for you know your endorsement years ago that really helped me become the person I am. Thank you, Maya. Well, I hope you've all enjoyed my chat with Maya today. All of the links from today's podcast will be in the show notes on our website at awardsaustralia.com forward slash podcast. Until next week, thanks for listening. Stay safe, be kind and keep making a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.